Welcome back to Sex Talks Podcast with me, your host, Salman Dasilohenda Iyambo. As always, I'm super excited to be here with you and I'm beyond grateful that you chose Sex Talks Podcast once again. If you are a first-time listener, welcome to the Sex Talks Podcast family. Here, we are all about creating an informed and educated society of young people who can openly have discussions on sexual health matters while sharing their personal experiences and hearing from experts in the field. Before we get started, allow me to thank our sponsors that made this episode possible. The United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization, popularly known as UNESCO under the O3 Plus project. This is a project that is working to ensure that young people in higher and tertiary education institutions in the East and Southern African region are informed about their sexual reproductive health and rights, with Namibia being one of the countries where it's implemented. This includes conversations around gender equality, unintended pregnancy, gender-based violence, HIV and AIDS, and many other topics that we are very passionate about on Sex Talks Podcast. Yo, we had so many episodes that we are not able to do reviews back as to what we have covered, but trust us to ensure that anything that is sexual reproductive health rights related is covered for you. Well, in today's episode, we are joined by Ruo Okeo, a young gay man that is openly living with HIV, that is from Kenya, and he is currently the director of Kenneth and Jacob's house in Kenya, which is a heaven for homeless and runaway LGBTQIA plus community or youth, which serves as a shelter, care, safety and protection, as well as advocacy around those that are most vulnerable. Furthermore, Royal also uses his social media platforms to champion for various causes with um, various causes, with one of them being him taking medication in public. He is also a podcaster. Well, that deserves some drums because he is the first podcaster that we are having on the show. He hosts a podcast known as Sex Ed by Relations that discusses matters pertaining to sexual health. Wow. We are so honored to have him on Sex Talks Podcast family, especially because he speaks about matters that we are crazily passionate about here. Ruel, welcome to the Sex Talks Podcast family. How are you doing today? Hey, Selma. Thank you so much, Tam. That's been an amazing, amazing introduction. And um, I'm good. Thank you. I feel really, really honored to join you today on this episode of uh, Sex Talk Podcast. Uh, Yeah, I don't want to say so much. We're going to get to that in the conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We are really, really and truly honored because you are the first international guest that we are having on the show. So this is a huge accomplishment for us because we are now going beyond borders. And as yeah. um, what is this? Um, apart from the introduction that we gave to you, we want you to please describe yourself in a short paragraph. Something that, something yana that our what is this? Um, our listeners can be able to remember you. Bye. Okay. Well, uh, aside from all that you've mentioned in the introduction, I'm also working with Y Plus Kenya, mm-hmm. which is a network of living with and affected by HIV. Um, one of their board members. Ooh. Yes, that's what you do. 
We, yes. we have a board member I, in the house. <laughs> wow. So, um, thank you so much. Today's conversation is more centered around raising awareness on consent. And we are going to start it off by what would you define consent? Consent, well, yeah, this is a really, really um interesting word which most people never tend to understand. But consent basically has to be asking permission. And, you know, asking for permission looks like something that's very minute or very small. But uh, we ask for permission for so many things, whether we are in a relationship or not. So whether we're having sex, when we're having sex, it's really nice and important to ask for. Basically, it's just asking for permission before I even get so much into the conversation and talk about um, how consent is given or, you know, yeah. But majorly, just to answer the question, consent is just asking for permission. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for... I love how you made it very short and sweet as in just asking for permission. And for this particular... Um, what is this episode we're going to be... Or this... Um, conversation we are going to look at consent in relationships so how can you apply the cons or how can one apply the concept of consent to our sexual relationships yeah Yeah, okay thank you so much and how we can be able to apply consent in our relationships this has to look in so many different ways and in so many different um circumstances you know the first on something that we think is very, very... that we feel entitled to, that's kissing someone, right? You can't just be kissing someone people in the movies do it. (laughs) No, it doesn't work like... You need to ask for permission. You know, you need to ask for permission when you want to hold someone's hand, when you want to cuddle, you know, with someone if they're in the bed... So that those are some of the various ways in which we can be able to ask for permission or ask for consent. And, you know, consent also in relationships has to come to even when engaging in sexual activities as well. I mean, I always say this, Netflix and chill is not consent because most people do um, think that Netflix and chill is consent. You know, like, yeah, I'm giving you permission to come to my house and chill. And just because, you know, you know, Netflix and chill means we're going to have our clothes off at some point. That is not consent. Consent is asking and getting verbal feedback. You know, sometimes we might think body language is could be giving us a go ahead. But that's not the case. Case has to be like, yes, it's a farm yes or a farm no maybe is not an answer, right? We don't want to be in a situation where we're talking about maybe. And then tomorrow I find a court notice you know, asking me, yeah, I'm needed in court for rape. You know, but yeah, and then when I ask, but you gave consent, I'm like, no, I didn't. And I said, maybe. So consent also needs to be verbal. So those are some of the ways that we can be able to, you know, champion for consent in, um, in our relationships so it's literally having to ask and you know it's not the aspect of whether this person has been with me for five years or ten years that uh i just wing it and decide not to consent now 
you always need to ask for consent every single time that you are with your partner or whether you're unsure about what you can and cannot do. It's very important to ask for consent. Well, I like, I like the fact that we have something in common and love how you like um, Netflix and chill is not consent. Because often at times we have the misconception of, well, we all know what happens during Netflix and chill. So you should be prepared. If you don't want to, don't show up at the person's yeah. house. But the, I, I, I right. love that we are able to clarify this because coming to your house means, yes, I want to get to know you. I want to watch a movie with you and have a conversation. But that doesn't mean I want you to take off my clothes without asking me if I want to. Or better yet, even just kiss me because I'm in your premises. Well, this allows us to dive onto our second question, which then says, can you please share your thoughts on how can we create a more consent um centered society and this is not only for what is us because the one thing that um i have noticed as a podcast is we often did not have anything that is inclusive of young people in all their diversities which include the lgbtq plus youth so how would you think or how do you or believe that we can be uh create a more a consent-centered society for young people in all their diversity? I think it's basically just through education and sensitization. Majorly that's it. Because um, most of us think we know. And that's what makes us not look for information. It makes us not want to understand what's the latest thing that's happening or what are the new things that are just coming in, right? So it becomes, um, we're walking when we're ignorant, right? We think that what worked two, three years ago is something that's working right now. But if we keep on sensitizing people and we keep on giving this information all the time, because, you know, we live in a society generation, the perfect example is just Netflix and chill. Everyone thinks Netflix and chill is consent and it's a lure to us having sex. And I remember the other day, I invited someone to just come home and chill. And they initially thought I was inviting them over to have sex, right? Which was not the case. I literally just told you, come, let's chill. I can be reading my book. You can be doing whatever you want to do. But they took it in a very wrong way. Right. So if I did not sensitize this person and tell them that, no, I mean, if we have to talk about consent, it means that I'm not going to do what you think I want to do. It's changing the narratives of things that have been happening in the past and the things that we want to see in the future. If we want to have our young people um, live meaningful lives, you know, and here we're only talking, we're also talking about um unwanted pregnancies we're talking about um stis it can be provided this information where we have to sensitize the community time and time again not just um posting things online you know we also need to remember and embrace that there are people who aren't be able to access the online services right and if they can't be able to access online services, then this means that this information is not getting to them. So how can you be able to do that? Is targeting them also in the place where they are easily targetable, right? And 
you know, if we have to target them there, then we also need to make sure that the information is tailor-made to suit them. If any, if they can't be able to understand English, then can we have this information in a language or dialect that they can be able to understand? And for those who can be able to access the information online, are they, do they have the digital literacy to be able to maneuver social Yes, so those are the ways that we can be able to integrate this um, information into the community at large for the people who are both online and the people who are not online on the ground at the community. Okay, uh, let's look back. Um, you mentioned something about um, how you had an experience whereby you invited someone to chill and they thought that you wanted to have um, sex with them. Let's look around the challenges on how you then um, navigate around what is this, setting the boundaries and informing and consenting to whatever happens while still having the misconceptions yeah. that exist within society. So how do you, what is this, navigate around those challenges and you, if you can dive deep onto how you've then handled the situation that you had of the assumptions? Okay, um, I'm going to answer this question in two ways. Mm-hmm. And the first way I'm going to answer a personal level mm-hmm. and the next way i'm going to answer it is on a social level okay so on a personal level, has to stem down to integrity okay and uh by integrity you know i mean staying and doing what i am when no one is watching so i was not, clearly my intentions were very very pure i just needed to you know have a sit down have a conversation in my own house and I was, there was nowhere that sex was in in my head, right? So, and I totally understood where they came from because, I mean, inviting someone to your house looks like you just want to hit and run. And I totally understood where that came from. And so it went down to my integrity. And this is on a personal level to my integrity and who I am as a person. And I have to rely on honesty all the time. And by me saying what I'm going to do. So if I say, you're going to come to my house and we're going to watch movies, we're definitely going to watch movies and nothing is going to happen. But now to answer it on a social level, uh, now this is where the aspect of boundaries now comes in. And now where you say, yes, I did invite you to chill and you're making this advancement and these moves, which I don't like. This is not for what we discussed. I knew I was coming to watch a movie. This other extracurricular activities that you're having, well, it's not right. And I don't feel comfortable about it. And that's when you can be able to live. So if you do not set clear boundaries or tell someone, I'm only coming to watch movies, I'm not going to do anything else. You're setting boundaries. So that's how you can be able to, you know, maneuver um, that situation that I was in. Let's take a quick commercial break to thank one of our sponsors or yet some of the sponsors that made this episode possible, which is the Namibia Media Trust, NMT, and DW Academy. Those three institutions hosted a podcast bootcamp in 2022, which brought together individuals from around Southern African region with the aim of training them on podcasting. At the end of the training, we received seed funding to come up with prototypes and bring our ideas to life. And that Ladies, gentlemen, and others is how Sex Talks podcast came to life. We have mentioned in your introduction that you're openly living with HIV. How has your ex- yeah. what is this experience of living with HIV impacted your under- or further impacted your understanding around consent? Yeah, 
Um, it really impacted it in a way that uh, I take people as they are, mm-hmm. and I say this: I have experienced um stigma in my previous relationships where my partners would not even be able to do something small such as getting on the lips because they were afraid I would transmit HIV to them and I would tell them like, um, yeah, I am undetectable. So it means I can't um, transmit HIV to you, right? Mm -hmm. And besides, you know, you can HIV through kissing. So trying to explain and give these people the information seemed like it was heavy and they weren't believing of the information itself. So I literally had to end the relationship because I tried to sensitize them and they were really hard-headed. And yet I have found people who are very much accepting of my health status and we try to have something as you know, leave it all to fate. So I have face both the positives and the negatives and you know when it comes to consent i now have to you know take people if someone doesn't understand the concept of hiv now you know i have to show them and teach them and tell them this you know demystify some myths when it comes to sex you know when someone doesn't feel comfortable you have to stop or you know you have to treat them a certain way so it did open up my mind and my relationships, even French friendships, so, you know, friendships are relationships. So also sensitizing them and telling them about this and that, and also the general community of the people I create my content for. Mm-hmm. So I made about um, educating and sensitizing and, you know, ensuring that consent is something that valued and throughout their friendship and their relationships as well. Thank you. Great. Um, in terms of what is this, um seeing what you have gone through, what advice do you have to especially young people that are living with HIV as well as the LGBTQ plus community youth that are struggling in communicating their or consent as well as their boundaries? What advice and what strategies are you able to pass on to them on how they can go about this, seeing that you have also been able to work with it over the years? Just be a good person, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's not as it's down. Being a good person is one of the hardest jobs you can ever do, because being a good person means you will not want to force someone into having sex with you. You know, you will respect someone's boundaries when they say they don't want to have sex. You will respect someone's boundaries when they say they're not comfortable going a second round after going the first round, you know, and that's just on the sexual aspect, mm-hmm. you know, and that's respect decisions and someone's, um, you know, choices about what they want to make. They're just being a good person and not believing the stereotypes because stereotypes are what destroys um, so many things and so many people. Because if we have to look at everyone in a certain way, then that means we're also part of the problem. If we decide that because, you know, there's a notion that goes about, especially here in Kenya, where gay people are the cause of, you know, pedophiles, are the cause of drought, 
You know, so if we start believing those stereotypes, then that means we're also part of the problem. But now if we change the narrative and show people that we are not um, who they perceive us to be, then we're also changing the story and making things better for everyone. So it's all about understanding the partner, the person that you're with or the partners that you're having and engaging with. Communicate and set clear boundaries. That's clear expectations about what you want to do, what you want to achieve, what you cannot do. You know, someone might think it's okay to have vaginal sex, but they want to try anal and you don't want to try anal. So how is that going to look like, right? And you want to force yourself into anal, now that becomes rape. But initially, you agree to have sex. So you see, creating such boundaries, even when it comes to our sexual partners, is very, very important. Because if we do not create those bonds, we're going to be having so many cases of rape. And there's also rape in the queer community, which most people don't tend to believe. You know, transaction sex is rampant. It's how so many people are able to, you know, make their lives and, you know, sustain themselves. And rape happens in such circumstances. But, you know, sometimes it takes a supporting hand to be able to listen to such cases. So I guess that uh, that's how it, yeah, that, that would be my answer <laughs> for that. <laughs> well, I think that somehow has taken us to what is this, um, to the next question in terms of how can we then, because seeing that you have also experienced stigma all, along the way, how can we then better support young people that have been sexually assaulted, those that have been harassed, as well as those that, have been stigmatized because of their HIV status because they identify outside of what is this, the gender that they have been assigned at birth. How they can how they can be able to get support? How can we better support as a community, seeing that you have also endured some of the challenges in terms of what is this, the stigma and what is this, the harassment from somehow in a specific context? What support can, okay. can the how society can, offer? How we can be able to support is literally by first listening. When we are able to listen, then we can be able to, you know, support them, support us better, right? Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes, is of rape are never taken seriously, especially, you know, when it comes to say that it's a man who's reported that he has been raped, Right. So it's first to listen. And second, if it's not to listen, it you can also be able to sensitize. It all has to come down to sensitization because every single day there are things that we can be able to learn and we can be able to understand better. Right. Mechanisms of reporting. These are things that not too many people understand and they can be able to, you know, get help when they have been you know, abused either sexually, you know, physically, emotionally. There are avenues and ways and people who are always there willing to support. Do people have this information? If they do not have this information, then it's very important to keep on sensitizing them. It's very important to keep on saying, um, linking people to services that can create this um, opportunities. If it's to us advocates who are always... Um, in decision-making rooms, can we rally the politicians, the people who are in positions of power, to be able to co- to 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 provide um, 
gender responsive um, services in each and every police station in each and every area or a constituency or a province or a township can we be able to get this and the people can be able to get access 24 7 for the services that they need when it comes to them being sexually abused you know so these are things that and um traits that need to be put in place that can be able to cater for the community in general when it comes to abuse and it comes to support you know let's have safe spaces that are centered for abused um survivors you know those are things that need to be put in place right and not so many people are able to access them right maybe because of accessibility or availability let's have these things as buyers trimmed down a little bit so that we can be able to create services for everyone yeah, thank you. Amazing stuff. Once again, you are still tuned on to Sex Talks Podcast. And this then brings us towards the end of today's episode with Roa Okeyo from Kenya. Let me just say one fun fact before we give it to Roa to wrap it up. So, I've been engaging with Roa since 2020 on Twitter or now known as X. And I only got to meet him this year. Or a few weeks ago at the HIV and Adolescence Workshop 2023. What is this lesson and engage with him on the podcast and various platforms that he is available? But it's really been an honor meeting him and finally having him on the podcast because, oh, one thing that we have in common is we are both passionate about advocating for young people's access to SRHR services. So, I'll give it over to you to give your final remarks, Ra. Thank you, Alma. And yeah, you can get me on any social media platform with the name Ra Lakeo. And one thing I would want this conversation to end is going to target people living with HIV. One of the most important things you can be able to do if you don't get anything from the podcast, if I need you to leave with this one thing. Take your medication. That's, don't force yourself into acceptance. Don't force yourself in trying to tell people this and telling people that. No, take your medication because that's how you start to working on yourself. Acceptance always comes later. Everything will fall into place, I promise you. But the most important thing you can be able to do is to take your medication. If nothing else made sense in this conversation, let this make sense. Take your medication. Thank you. Wow. I love how you're able to wrap it up and give the key message as you go through it. And while you're taking your medication, make sure that you set boundaries. Make sure that whatever you engage with is consensual. Is consensual. Yes, that makes sense. Um, Ruel, can you please give more details on where your podcast is available? And uh, before- It's called Sex and by Relations. And it's available on all streaming podcast sites anywhere you can find a podcast you will find my podcast there anywhere that is apple podcast google podcast stitcher uh, wherever fm republic anywhere you listen to your podcast my podcast is there so yeah that is it 
you have heard it for yourself. And with that being said, we have come to the end of today's episode. Please do remember to engage with us via our various social media platforms, website, as well as major podcast streaming platforms, which are Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. And also, this is a chance to refer our podcast to one of your friends. 